thanks for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You know, this year we, um, as a church, we had a focus. And uh, you know, if you're not a member of this church, I believe this will still encourage you this morning. Uh, the word for this year that we brought as a focus was lift. And uh, we, we were believing we were going to lift a standard and across areas of our church. Um, we thought that's what God was telling us to do. But let's be honest, this year, who envisioned what was happening, what is happening right now? And who envisioned what, what we'd see? 2020, the vision, perfect vision, but no one saw this vision, I don't think. So, you know, but saying all of that, I, I do believe that if anything, it's, it's definitely a year where we all need a lift. It's definitely a year I know I need a lift, I need encouragement, I need support, I need love. And I'm sure many of you listening, you all need the same. We all need each other. So I'm going to read from Exodus 17. I shared this um, earlier on in the year. And uh, it's an account where the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They, they have a battle. They have an enemy that's rising up against them. They've come out of um, under the oppression of um, a, a world system under Egypt and slavery. And they, they, they're coming and heading to a place where they can dwell known as the promised land um, that God promises them, a place where they can prosper. Yet on the journey, they come against an enemy, an enemy called the Amalekites come against them. And I, I just want to read this account this morning. Hopefully it'll encourage you to how to get a victory and how to get a lift over some things in your life. So Exodus 17, um, it says from verse 8, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up. One on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites, the Amalekite army with the sword. You know, this is an amazing victory that we see. And I believe we can learn so much from it. And uh, I, before I will look at what the things we can do and things we can believe, I just want to look at some things that where, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we, we're aware, but sometimes we're not aware where our battles are. And um, anybody who's been around, you know, longer than a week in this world, you know there are battles going on. You know things that are contending for the things of God and uh, that come against the, the ways of God. And uh, the first one I want to point out, I want to point out three enemies. But the first one is the enemy that's around us. You know, there, there's so much pressure. There's so much, you know, anyone who's in high school or even primary school as you start to grow up, so much peer pressure to conform to what others want you to conform to. You know, and some of it is about the things you wear or the way you act. And, you know, some of those things, they're, they're OK. But sometimes it's actually, you know, a, a principle or a way in which we live. So sometimes we put people down or say things about people. It's not the way of God, but somehow we get drawn into it. Um, and it's the pressure of this world. So the, the the enemy around us is a world system, or you know, it's it's a way that contends with the ways of God and the principles of God. The second enemy that I believe there is. So there's one around us, you know. And if you're not sure about that, you just have to look in the news and you see people and how people are treated, you know. And there's a definite clear enemy there. Then the enemy within us, 
is my second point. You know, there is an enemy inside of us that's contending for God's truth in our lives. You know, if you're a believer this morning and you believe the truth of God, that you're a child of God, anybody knows that simply believing that and living that out, there's something that contends for it. There's something that wants to take that out of your life so it doesn't take root and get established and you 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 discover there's something that's contending for that you know and, and some of that is our own selfishness or our own flesh that comes against that but you know there's a battle within and most of that battle you know is purely selfish we're self-consumed if you look at the amalekites they were not thinking about the people of god they wanted to destroy they were kicking against the ways of god and they were purely selfish. It says when you read in Deuteronomy, they came up behind and they took off the vulnerable and the weak. Just not nice at all. You know, and, and, and we can be like that because we find worth and value in so many things. We can lose ourselves. So there's, the Bible teaches us that actually the issue is sin. And, and, and we condemn ourselves because of sin in our lives. We don't feel valued or worth worthy because of this lie that's come into our lives. So that contends with the truth of God in our lives. So, so there's an enemy within us and there's an enemy above us. Now, sometimes we can't see physically these enemies. Sometimes we can. You know, it, it, any government or any you know place of authority has the opportunity to administer the principles and the ways of God and we can sit under those things we can even sit we we are sitting under those things but we can sit under some of the negativity and some of the wrong principles but we can also sit under things in our life that can be an oppression in our lives one of the things which we're all contending with and we're all going to face is death itself the consequences of its sin it says the wages of sin is death ultimately you know, there's, it can be a death win in our own lives, but a death that all, each of us are going to face. And it can be like a shadow or a cloud that's constantly there. It might be a little bit further away. and We don't need to talk about it yet. But someday it's going to be in my face and I'm going to have to face it. So none of us escape that um, in our own strength. So there's an enemy around us. There's an enemy within us and there's an enemy over us so how do we defeat these if you look at joshua and you look at moses you realize that this wasn't a battle they could win in their own strength moses understood this he he understood that he could not win this battle on his own so my first point is this to win the battle we do not do this in our own strength but we learn to trust god in his grace or his favour, in his strength, in his love. And God will empower us as we do that. So we need to first of all learn to trust God, which isn't always easy, but it is the better way. Many of us try and do it in our own strength, if we're honest at times, and we get it wrong. But when we learn to trust God, then it's the start of our victory. You know, we have a dependency on God. I love this story of this account of Moses and Aaron. They're all working together. Even Moses, you know, naturally couldn't hold the staff up. He needed the people. He needed those around him. That's like me and you today. We need people. If we think we can do it on our own, 
we're, we're wrong. We all need people. You know, as you get older, you're going to need more people to love you and support you because you, there'll be things that you can't do independently. So we all need one another. It's not a selfish um, way of living. It's considering others. So do not trust your own strength, but trust God. And secondly is, how do we defeat these enemies? Well, we defeat these enemies by actually loving people, not hurting people. You know, not fighting with people, which which sounds pretty easy until some things rise up inside of us. You know, some things we want to contend with because we want it our way. And these things rise up. Our desires rise up from within us. And if we're not careful, we say things and we do things and we hurt people and we put them down. And it's not the way of God. God wants us to love people and build people up. Now Galatians 5 verse 6 says this, For it is in Christ, um, for in Christ neither circumcision nor circumcision has any value. In other words, it's not about the outward performance. And then he says this, what matters? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. So ultimately, to overcome the enemies of this world, it's simply this, is to believe in God is to love God and to love people. Now, it sounds pretty simple and it sounds pretty basic, but you try and work that out. You try and outwork that and you'll find that things contend with it. You'll think, find that obstacles come up and things happen and people you don't want to love because they're annoying and, you know, relationships are difficult. Yeah, they are, but how do we overcome? Trust in God and love people. Trust in God and love people. The Bible says that love never fails. So if love never fails, then we'll always win if we keep loving. So it sounds pretty simple. It is simple, but it's hard to outwork at times. That's why we can only do it in God. We can't do it in our own strength. I just want to look at these three areas and look at some things that God speaks through the prophet of Zephaniah into these three areas to help build you up. If you put your faith in God, God has some promises in your life. And Zephaniah says this in 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. So if you're a believer this morning, you believe in God or you've not put your faith in God, you can do that by believing in God and put your faith in Jesus, that he sent Jesus to save you. But if you do that, God promises to be with you. So that means if God is with me, then there are some things I don't need to fear. I don't need to fear some things. I'm going to look at another one in a second. But he says this, um, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. I mean, God himself, the mighty warrior, is with you if you put your faith in him. I find that amazing. Mighty, the mighty warrior is with you, the one who saves you can just imagine, you know, Moses up the up the hill, he's holding the staff and he believes God is with us. Come on, the God who was in Egypt, who rescued us from all that oppression is still with us today. And I'm believing the mighty one who saves is still with us today. You know, um, and then Zephaniah says this. Um, so my first point on that is this. God is with us, therefore I will not fear. Second point is this. This is what Zephaniah says. He says, he will take great delight in you. 
So if you put your faith in God and believe that God loves you, God wants to demonstrate and show you that love, how much love he has for you. Now, what that means is I'm putting my faith in God and I'm becoming one with God. And the Bible calls this being born of God, right? Now, maybe I'm talking to someone who's not believing this morning. Maybe you're not a believer, so maybe for the first time. But maybe I want to talk to you if you believe. You're a believer and you say, I've heard this, Paul. Yeah, you have. But let's look at what John writes. Because sometimes we forget who we are. So it's 1 John 5, verse 1 to 4. John is writing not to people who don't believe. He's reminding people who believe because there's something that's contending for um, their inner life. He says this, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So this morning, if you've put your faith in Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, not not a saviour or another God, he is the one, right? Jesus is the one who was promised through God. He's the saviour of the world. You put your faith in God, you're born of God. Then it says, and everyone who loves the father loves his child. So they believe in that God has sent the love. OK, and, and that is through Jesus Christ. It says, and this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his demands. So this is what Galatians is saying. Paul saying that then becomes an expression of that love because God has loved you. He's not forcing you. It's just a natural flow of the love of God that has come into your heart. It says he carrying out commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. So God doesn't put loads of response, loads of, um, you know, things that you need to do. He simplifies it by saying, love me, trust me that I have loved you. Now love others and express that love through faith. And that's as simple as it is. And we get lost in the detail. And actually God's saying, this is as simple as it is. Love me and love others. This is how we contend and defeat and overcome the challenges and the enemies of this world. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. If you're born of God this morning, God has loved you with a love that is unconditional and it wipes away the world that is contending for your life. You don't need those things anymore. You simply need the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So this victory that God has given us, that Jesus came, we're going to look at this in a minute, is now available to us and it's this victory that helps us to overcome. So God is with us, therefore I will not fear. God is in us, we're born of God. And God, the last one Zephaniah says, he says, he no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. In other words, God is over us. Remember I said earlier, the enemy is around us, is in us and over us. You know, God wants to sing, I believe, a new song over your life. Maybe you've been had a season or things that have gone on in your life that have put an impression on your life, that has made a sound in your life, that is a continual vibration in your mind or in your soul. And God wants to bring a new sound into your life. He wants to sing a new song in your life. And it happens through faith in Jesus. We come to Jesus and Jesus promises forgiveness. He promises healing and he promises eternal life. So that means the shame in our lives can be dealt with. 
and we can be we can stand right before God and know the peace of God and also our future so the cloud and the oppression of death and darkness that's over us Jesus is now um, overcome that and we overcome through faith in Jesus so God is with us God is in us and God is over us and he sings a song you know I love that thought of him singing a song, a new song over your life. There should be a a joy that begins to happen in our hearts. There's a natural flow of that joy into our lives and into the lives of others. It's not hard work. It's a natural flow. It only becomes hard when we do it in our own strength. Now, I just want to touch on three qualities, really, that I believe you'll see if faith is outworking itself in your life. So as Galatians said, the one thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Now if self gets in the way, then very often we mess up, right? Just a thought on faith, right? If if I have faith, then you know I look with eyes of faith, I look at Jesus and I look at God, then if I try to look at my eyes and my faith and analyze it, then I'd have to take my eyes out to look at them. Does that make sense? Nice thought, right? Nice gooey thing going on. But I'd have to take my eyes out. And I know I know what you kind of logical reasoning people are saying. No, just look in the mirror. Yes, I could look in the mirror. But here's the point. Looking in the mirror is not a true reflection of my real... They're not my real eyes. I'm looking at a reflection. So I can't ever look at my real eyes. Does that make sense? So this is the point. Faith, when it's faith... It doesn't look at itself. Faith looks at Jesus and through Jesus and loves like Jesus. That's what faith is. That's what Paul is saying. Faith expresses itself through Jesus, through love. There is no self. I'm not analysing myself, looking at myself. Self is not involved when love is involved. That's the point. But when self is involved, it becomes about me and it becomes weary and tiring and it doesn't become love. That's what the Amalekites were about, their own faith, their own strength. So so faith expresses itself in love. And here are three qualities that you'll see being expressed when you follow and trust in God. So my first one is this, is faithfulness. Now, God asks us to be faithful. He gives us opportunities and now wants us to be faithful. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong, but he wants to build faithfulness. He gives us people, he gives us jobs, he gives us relationships, he gives us marriage. And for us to be faithful to what we've been given. And if we're faithful, we build build that quality. It's the obedience that begins to grow in our lives and we can produce fruit. So faithfulness is a quality I believe God is looking for in your life. How faithful are you? You know, how, if somebody said, I'm going to give you that responsibility, could they trust you? Can God trust you with something? Or do you run away at the first sight of the responsibility and the enemy that rises up within or amongst? So build faithfulness into your life. Second one is this, persistence. <laughs> You know, I've climbed a mountain recently, right? You get halfway up the mountain, you think, do I really want to carry on? 
why, why just do I go back? It's hard work. It's you know, Moses was persistent up that hill. He went up the hill. He hung on there. He believed with faith. He was faithful and he persisted. At times he got tired and he needed, you know, for us, the body of Christ, God's people around him to encourage him and to hold him in there. Naturally, he was not able to do it. And it's the same with us. We need some persistence. You need to push in. You know, it says in Proverbs 24, verse 16, for the righteous fall seven times. So for me, I'm a believer. I'm made right by faith. Sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. But in my getting it wrong, my intention was not to get it wrong. Hopefully it wasn't. My intention wasn't, but I did get it wrong. Now, because I'm in Christ, there is no condemnation, it says in Romans. So I'm not condemned because I got it wrong. I made my mistake. I, I learned from it, but I rise again. That's what God says. That's what Proverbs says. The righteous fall seven times, but rise again. But the wicked, the foolish, the unbeliever, when calamity strikes, they stumble. They run away. So I want to encourage you as a believer. There's no condemnation in Christ. When you mess up, let's go again. Repent. Turn away from the mess up and go again. That's what the righteous do. They get up. They rise. Let's go again. So faithfulness, you know, your persistence. Build some persistence in your following of Jesus, your devotion to Jesus. You know, your, your love of Jesus and your dedication to him, to the body of Christ, to those who are around you. It cannot be outworked without loving people. It's not an independent walk. We're part of the body of Christ. And you know, there's a persistence. It's about building a character in your life. So faithfulness, persistence. And the last one is steadfastness. You know, it says of Moses, his arms grew weary in um, verse 12. It says he got one on side, one side and one on the other. So that his hands remained steadfast till the sun set. So Joshua overcame. You know, we, we need some steady, steady eddies. You know, God wants to take you from verse 40, sorry, Psalm 40 verse 2. Out of the miry clay, the thing that just, you know, when the storm comes, what, there's no foundation, you're all over the place. When the challenge comes or the enemy comes, the battle comes, you're just wobbling and just wavering all the time. And God said, I want to take you out of that now and I want to put you on a solid foundation that in spite of your battle, you are loved. In spite of the world rejecting you, I never reject you. This is my truth. And God wants to create some substance and steadfastness so that you will remain in faith you will remain through the battle and you will remain faithfully loving persistently loving and with a steadfast love for others this is what God I believe wants to build in your life you know when I look at this I see the love of Jesus you know Joshua it says he overcame it says, it says Joshua overcame the Amalekites with his sword he was gifted he was talented he was brave he was a mighty warrior but his victory was only, it was only victorious because of the man on the hill. It was the man on the hill that gave him the victory. For me and you today, the only way we overcome is because of the man on the hill. Because Jesus was crucified on the hill, he was crucified for my sin, my, where I should have been condemned, I'm no longer condemned or rebuked or rejected by God. I'm now accepted. The rejection and the rebuke and the anger of God was put upon Jesus who knew no sin. So Jesus paid for your sin and my sin. So Jesus was 
persistent, he was faithful, and he was steadfast to the end, demonstrating the love of God on the cross. You know, I want to encourage you. Jesus is victorious. He's overcome. If you want to overcome, put your faith in Jesus for the first time. Put your faith in Jesus again. Go again. Pray again. Come on, the righteous rise again, it says. You know, Jesus remained on the cross until the sun went down. Darkness, it says, came over him. You know, it looked like God had failed. The so-called mighty warrior who saves looked defeated. But you and I know this at the end. You and I know God is amazing. That God raised Jesus again. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, you and I too will be raised again with Jesus through faith. So, darkness, death no longer has victory over you if you're a believer. Because the king rules over you. It says in Romans 8.34, it says, Who there can condemn us? For Jesus Christ, who died, and more than that, was raised to life. And then I love this. He says, he is at, at the right hand of God. He is interceding for us. You know, the man on the hill in the account was Moses. He was seated and he was on the hill. He was praying and interceding so that the, the, the battle for Joshua could be won. For me and you now, who is the man on our hill? Who is the one who's interceding and praying for you right now? Who is the one who is mighty and, and saves, who cannot be defeated but has all authority and power over your life? His name is Jesus and he's praying for you right now. He's not letting go of you. Your future is secure when you trust in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let us pray and let us believe that God wants to minister to you this morning. So Father, I thank you for this morning or whether someone's listening online at another time, Father, we just take a minute to reflect on what you've done. Lord, we come to you maybe for the first time or again, we come to Jesus at the cross. We come to the man on the hill who was crucified. Lord, forgive us when we when we get it wrong. Forgive us, Lord, when we become purely selfish and do it in our own strength. Father, I pray that they'd realise that there is no condemnation. When we feel condemned, I pray, Father, that they'd be reminded of the truth and the love of Jesus Christ, the one who was persistent, faithful, and steadfast with his love. May we receive that love and be reminded again of the man on the hill. Father, I pray right now for people who are listening. May you give them a new heart, Lord, if it's needed. May they put their faith in you this morning. If you're listening, you can put your faith in Jesus right now by believing that Jesus was sent for you and died for you. You put your faith in the man on the hill and he'll help you and give you victory over things you can't defeat on your own. So Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I bless people who are listening. I thank you. I pray that this week they would be lifted out of the miry clay and put on a solid foundation. I pray that faithfulness would arise and um, persistence and a steadfast love would continue to flow as they put their faith in you, in Jesus. Thanks for joining us, guys. I hope that's been helpful. 